Well, greetings in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We've got an interesting message for you today, and I think we're going to call it Know Your Enemy. Know who he is, what he does, how he operates. Know how he tries to get in and drive a wedge in into your mind and your eyes and your five senses, that kind of thing. This will be a good message for grandparents, parents, families, children, saints of all ages. Um, know your enemy. So what I'm going to do first is I'm going to um, bring up an example of one thing in particular. Something that does keep popping up from time to time, even in churches, even in bodies of saints. And what it is, what it really is, it's an archetype for the kind of pervasive, subversive, very deceitful and um, sneaky uh, demon possession type of, of influence that creeps into people's lives. Not just from this one example that I'm going to begin to cite here in a minute, but through all kinds of different media, through all kinds of different avenues. Uh, maybe it's through a, a, a friend you don't know so well, or maybe it's through uh, a relative that's that's been out there in the religious world too long. You know, those kinds of things, so, sort of influences where you're, you're not completely 100% sure about a person or they're not 100% committed to the Lord. And that's really what it's all about today too. It's gonna be about that 100% commitment to the Lord and putting God first and everything and having a balance in your life and knowing your enemy, knowing what his wiles are and what his uh, enticements are, that kind of thing. So one really good way to illustrate all this is um, the Satanism that comes in through, uh, of all things, Pokemon. <laughs> I'm going to use it as an example today. If you have Pokemon in your house, get rid of it. Uh, I'm, I'm holding a, sh a stack of sheets here. It's called uh, Satanism in Pokemon, and it came from uh, CephasMinistry.com. Um, we had this printout done June 25th of 2013. We'd been married uh, two weeks. <laughs> uh -huh. yeah. And you'll, you'll hear more about this as we go on. Um, what, I'm, what I am going to do is I'm going to go into a bit of detail here and... and uh, so I'll just, I'll just get into it. Um, so what do you know about Pokemon? Most people think it's just some innocent little kids entertainment venue. Well, it's not. <laughs> um, this person says, my little grandson is only three and a half, but is already obsessed with Pokemon. Obsession is uh, uh, just a one, one of the avenues to demon possession. You'll find this out later. Uh, it starts with depression, too. There's, there's a study on that that we can cover uh, later, maybe in another message. But I'll, just keep, I'll try to get through this as quickly as I can. But I, I'm going to be thorough here. And his mother, my daughter, Deborah, who is not saved as yet, buys him whatever he asks for. Well, he's three and a half. He doesn't run the show. Or does he? Let's see. He has all the cards, counters, like toy money. And the cards are like tarot cards used by witches and warlocks. Uh, and all the little plastic figures, little idols that can be set up. And uh, just an image or just a, an idol, a physical graven image that uh, a spirit can come through 
Yeah, even a portal can come through as a poster found mm -hmm. in your room or something or hanging in somebody's room. Yeah, that image opens a portal to the demonic. All right. The last time they visited us, he had his Pokemon cards, coins, and figures with him, and he was dreadful. He was rude, cheeky, wouldn't eat any lunch, tried to run away several times, hit his big sister hard on the arm and made her cry. He got violent. He also likes, so here's some other venues. He also likes Power Rangers, Batman, Karate. He already knows how to kickbox and swords. He has the light up Jedi sword. All his seven goldfish have Pokemon names. Uh-oh, now he's got living things with the names of those things attached to them. Even that's not good. And I might sound silly here for a while, but you'll figure we'll we'll figure out just how serious some of these issues really can be. And it doesn't have to be Pokemon. It can be any of those other things that were described and many, many more that are out there in the world now that the, the media uh, and the and the entertainment circles have been throwing at kids and people and even parents. It can be uh, sports. I think today's a giant sports day, is it not? Some sort of super bore? Uh-huh, okay. Yeah, that can be an idol. <laughs> All right. What can you tell me about Pokemon? We have a number of articles about Pokemon and Harry Potter. There's another one. Uh, to which people without a computer have no access. Um, all right, it's part of the article here. Uh, we'll just go on. We'll get a Pokemon introduction. Who are the strange little creatures from Japan that have suddenly become global superstars? Most kids know the answer well. They're called Pokemon, short for Pocket Monster. That's just a little demon, okay? Anything that's a monster isn't of God. And they have stirred up some mixed reactions. <laughs> well, <laughs> no kidding. We just sent our letter home today saying Pokemon cards are no longer allowed on campus, said Paula Williams, a second grade teacher in Danville, California. The kids know they're supposed to be put away when they come in from recess, but they're often in the middle of a trade. They trade the, cars and the, fig the cards and the figures and all those kinds of things. So they don't come in on time, makes them late. In more extreme cases, the older kids are getting little kids to trade in uh, valuable cards to them. It drives a teacher crazy. So now the older kids are already exploiting the younger kids to, uh, to give up their uh, more valued uh, possessions. Interesting? All right. It concerns parents even more. Recently, my children were given a set of Pokemon cards said Deanna Brannon, a Seattle mom. They are very popular with the children at our church and elsewhere. I was instantly suspicious, but couldn't discern the problem. Uh, couldn't discern the problem. Well, where was the teaching for that mom? Well, we're gonna, we're gonna teach on that today. We have since been told that they are stepping stones to the magic cards that have been popular for the last few years, which we do not allow. So that's a quote from a mother there. She is right. For instance, any child exploring the most popular Pokemon websites, um, too, will be linked to a selection of occult games such as Sailor Moon, Star Wars, 
and others that are more overtly evil. A click on the ad for Magic the Gathering brings Pokemon fans to a site offering promotions such as this. And they quote the promotion, I guess, here. Uh, a global games phenomenon, Magic the Gathering, is to the 1990s what Dungeons and Dragons was to the 1980s, yeah. but with the added dimension of collectability. Here's the official reference to the biggest new teen slash young adult fantasy game of the decade, complete with full color reproductions of every existing magic card. Well, magic and sorcery are a bunch of witchcraft and they all go together. We know that tarot cards are the same kinds of things. Dungeons and Dragons is divination. It's, it's a role playing game. You play the roles of these demons and, and uh, you know, a lot of kids have gotten a lot uh, gotten in a lot of trouble with the Dungeons and Dragons type of stuff. Uh, I mean, it's just an occult uh, practice down in a basement with a group of sorcerers, which is what they become. They end up becoming. <laughs> so Pokemon is candied, uh, full-blown, uh, full-strength witchcraft for little kids. Here's uh, here the grandma laments uh, her, her little three-and-a-half-year-old grandson is already doing this and using this stuff. And it's turned him into a little nightmare to deal with. Uh, sub subheading, uh, the Pokemon message. The above websites give us a glimpse of the mysterious little creatures called Pokemon. Ponder the suggestions in this greeting. Quote, welcome to the world of Pokemon, a special place where people just like you train to become the number one Pokemon master in the world, unquote. They train you to become a witchcrafter and a sorcerer. But what is Pokemon, you ask? Pokemon are incredible creatures that share the world with humans. They're demons that share this realm with us if we allow them to. And we don't. This is not allowed. Or anything like it. This is a great way to, to, to show what it is and, and anything that's like this. Like the Bible says, and such like. The works of the flesh you find in Galatians 5. Okay? Witchcraft and sorcery, rebellion and stubbornness. Yeah. Okay, so that was a quote from Professor Oak, the leading authority on these monsters. Oh, they've got a, a professorial authority on these things? I didn't know they had their own professors. Professor of what exactly? There are currently 150 documented species of Pokemon. Each Pokemon has its own special fighting abilities. We'll get into those. Some grow or evolve into even more powerful creatures. Yeah, it'll, it'll get worse and worse and worse as you go. Carry your Pokemon with you. <laughs> you always have them on your back, yeah? Mm -hmm. And you're ready for anything. You're ready to, to come in and just witchcraft the true spirit of God at any moment. How lovely. <laughs> You've got the power in your hands, so use it. No, God is the official authority here. The Holy Spirit is the official authority here. And nobody comes in uh, to undermine that in any kind of way whatsoever. That's how it actually works around here in the fivefold ministry. What if children try to follow this advice? What if they carry their favorite monsters like magical charms or fetishes in their pockets, trusting them to bring power in times of need? Many do. This is, this is, I'm just reading this article, that's all. Um, it makes sense to those who watch the television show. There's another avenue it comes in. 
In a recent episode, Ash, the boy hero, had just captured his fifth little Pokemon. But that wasn't good enough, said his mentor. He must catch lots more if he wants to be a Pokemon master. And the more he catches and trains, the more power he will have for future battles. Well, this is just absolutely anti-God teaching. We know where our power comes from. We send the host out to go uh, rebuke and kick the ass of these little devils. Mm -hmm. This is what, how we uh, respond to this. Uh -huh. So Ash sets out again in search for more of the reclusive, power-filled little Pokemon. His first step is to find the quote-unquote psychic Pokemon called Kadabra. Ever hear the magic words Abracadabra? <laughs> right? And snatch it from its telepathic pink-eyed trainer, Sabrina. With the ghost haunter on, its, on his side, it should be a cinch. But Ash has underestimated the power of his opponent. When he and Sabrina meet for the battle, both hurl their chosen Pokemon into the air, but only Kadabra evolves into a super monster with a magic flash. Haunter hides. Looks like your ghost Pokemon got spooked, taunts Sabrina. Obviously, Ash didn't understand the supernatural powers he had confronted. Neither do most young Pokemon fans today. So here in this article, they're trying to teach us a lesson. Unless they know God and his warnings, they cannot understand the forces that have captivated children around the world. And so this is, the, this is really the thrust of this message today. Know who your enemy is, what it is, and uh, be wise to it. Understand that. I mean, they've said it right here. Unless they know God and his warnings, and even knowing that, you can, you can still be caught up short sometimes by these things if you're not really sharp. So we're here to help. So these things have captivated children around the world. This is a global thing. And if parents underestimate the psychological strategies behind its seductive mass marketing ploys, they are likely to dismiss the Pokemon craze as harmless fun and innocent fantasy in reality, the problem is far more complex. And this, go, this goes uh, the same for uh, demonic music and those who produce and, and perform demonic music. I heard that just the other day, during the Grammys, a very demonic and satanic performance was performed on the stage, and it was Satan's little fart party there that night. Well, I got news for them. Judgment's coming but they're enticing and trying to seduce people through that kind of stuff. If a green-haired witch um, is talking about the bad guy that she is, you might want to read some what some of those lyrics are and discern it. Don't consume it, you know, observe it, but don't absorb it. But know what's in there. And we'll, we'll cover some of that later, maybe. Um, a green-haired little witch named Billie Eilish, I'm just going to name her name. Her lyrics are so foul and her personality is so foul and she is so ignorant of the things that are good and so proficient in things that are evil, it boggles the mind. And witchcraft and sorcery can come in through uh, venues such as uh, what, they, what their excuse is for music these days. You can't even call it music. And as a musician, I absolutely despise the lack of quality in it, the lack of soul in it, and the absolute uh, demonic content that it contains. It shouldn't be that way. Uh, music should be a good thing to be able to enjoy. And there's plenty of instrumental 
uh, music and some great artists and, and you know the classical realm is great the jazz realm is great there's jazz rock fusion that doesn't have any lyrics there's all kinds of great things that you could e you could even ask me about if you, if you want to if you want to be turned on to something wholesome ask around there there are folks that are hip to some good things that you can consume without having um, something come in on your back anyway I'll get back to this I just wanted to cover that because we're not just talking about one thing here. We're talking about everything the devil's been throwing at you people or trying to throw at you. And some, some folks out there have been buffaloed by some of this stuff. By sports, by legalism, by just, just consuming entertainment. You know, watch what concerts you go to, watch what uh, games you go to, watch what sports events you go to. Do you really want to bring something in with you and have your children troubled? If you're wondering why your little children are troubled or having problems or going through demonic attack, all out vicious attack, maybe pay attention to some of the spirits that might be following you home from some of these things, folks. I'm not saying you can't do this or you can't do that, but God wants his people pure now. He wants mm -hmm. that pureness so that when a revival comes and we're uh, witnessing to other folks and being examples for them, there's nothing that's going to contaminate them or to make them think, well, these people have no idea what they're talking about or what they're doing. These people say one thing, but they do something else. That's hypocrisy. You don't want that. All right. So here we go. Another subheading, marketing a new lifestyle. Aren't they doing that today? What are they pushing? This whole trans movement. Oh, this whole sodomy thing. And the witchcraft and the sodomy go together. The Wiccans will all be a bunch of sodomites. They'll all have sodomite friends. Um, <laughs> this whole trans movement is a, is a form of sorcery and witchcraft on its own. And the, all the homosexual movements. I'm just going to name it for what it is. It's just a bunch of sodomy and it's just a bunch of sorcery. It's a bunch of witchcraft. And it's a bunch of bullshit. Okay. <clears throat> the Pokemon mania, so, and, and you can substitute the word Pokemon for sodomite, witchcraft, uh, uh, demonic music <laughs> coming at you, uh, people's words of confusion and torment and anything that you can shove in there, just, we'll just use it as a coverall here because it, it makes a great one. It's a great way to expose all this stuff and to know it, to know the enemy. Know your enemy. All right. The Pokemon mania supports a financial conglomerate. The love of money is the root of all evil. That knows how to feed the frenzy. The television series is free, but it drives the multi-billion dollar business. It's a money cult. <laughs> Here you go. It also inspires the obsessive new games that disrupt schools and families by giving the children a seductive vision to become Pokemon masters, a tempting promise, supernatural power. Well, God's people have that already. They've got all the power they need direct from the creator of everything. A new objective is offered. Keep collecting Pokemon. Keeps you playing, keeps you going. An urgent command, which is, gotta catch them all. 
If you're not possessed by every demon and devil that they're offering, well, you're just not, you're just not hip, man. You're just not, not considered uh, in the top tier of anyone. Wow. It's ex that's exclusive. So it gets you climbing that ladder. It gets you to be a social climber. Worried about what everybody else thinks about you and how you're doing and, and all that other stuff. And that's the whole pull of social media and all that other stuff, you know, relying on other people's opinions of you for your own self-esteem. That doesn't work. We have confidence and access with boldness to the throne of grace. You know, God's throne. We don't need uh, accolades from the world or any of their other uh, stuff. These enticements are drilled into young minds through clever ads, snappy slogans, and the Pokemon rap at the end of each TV episode. Uh, and that one goes as follows. I will travel across the land. <laughs> you can't sit still for a minute, can you? Always on the move. Searching far and wide, each Pokemon to understand. No, you're supposed to get wisdom and understanding from the Lord. From the, the Bible, the word of God, the very word. The power that's inside, gotta catch them all. <laughs> Offering kids demonic power. The last line, <laughs> the Pokemon mantra, fuels the craving for more occult cards. It's an addiction. How demonic is addiction? All right. Mm -hmm. There's one addiction that's allowed in the word and, and it's folks that have addicted themselves to this ministry. You know, you can look that up. Okay, so a craving for more cards. They're occult cards. I've seen those cards. We've had them sent into our home. We'll talk about this. Uh, my wife will begin talking and believe me, what a ride. Um, I'm just scratching the surface here. Games, toys, gadgets, and comic books. They have their own scriptures, comic books. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, scriptures with images in. Yeah, satanic scriptures. They're beckons an ever-growing empire of new, more thrilling, occult, and violent products. Each can transport the child into a fantasy world that eventually seems far more normal and exciting than the real world. People of God and families and fathers and mothers, you're gonna have to make the word of God not only more exciting to yourselves, but to your children than what the world is offering out there. Yeah. There is plenty of thrills and spills in the Bible and just a fantastic adventurers. Going through Luke, you can have a rugged adventure with the Lord himself, with Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You can because he gets rugged on these spirits. Mm -hmm. learn, to, learn to really recognize how he talks and what he was saying and who he was saying it to and introduce your kids to them as early as possible, folks. That word is so important to know. Knowing that word, the knowledge of the word is what perfects you. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, here, Evil looks good and good is dismissed as boring. Oh, <laughs> what did I just say? Right? I'm just reading this article for, you know, for the first time again after about 10 years now. Mm -hmm. 
family, relationships, and responsibilities diminish in the wake of the social media pressures to master the powers unleashed by the massive global entertainment industry. And we've experienced this diminishment of responsibility and relationship and family in our life. And we will be discussing that, won't we? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No wonder children caught up in the Pokemon craze beg for more games and gadgets. The Japanese makers count on it since the means often justify the economic ends in the entertainment industry. The Pokemon website is full of tips, explanations, and ads that encourage the urge to splurge and to express the darker side of human nature. Ponder their influence. And here they give some quotes. You can catch a Mew by cheating with a game shark. Ah, the game shark. Cheating is not honorable, but many of you have requested and sent me this information, so I have put it up for all you cheaters, end quote. Okay. Quote, the Moonstone evolved certain Pokemon, such as Clefairy, end quote. Quote, select your desired attack. Hold down the button until your opponent's life stops draining. Mm-hmm. Parents, you think you're tired and your life's being drained out? You might want to find out why. Some of the abilities of these Pokemon, I've seen them on the cards myself, are life drain, headaches, dizziness, nausea. Um, here are some of the very various abilities found in, in some of these groups of, of things. Scorching, heating, running, stomping. Those are, these are Pokemon abilities. Lightning bolts, anti-gravity, explosions. Ultra-dimensional poison. Poison? Witchcraft. Mimicry. Taunting. Silence. They'll be antisocial. Stealth. They'll be sneaky. Uh, these are the parents. These are what, you, what your kids are learning how to do from these cards. These little cards. Use of claws and biting. Breaking opponent's bones. Guess what? You're the opponent, parents. And this is what will come at you. Here's some more. Reading minds. They'll actually get the drop on you if you're not careful, parents. Teleportation. Inducing headaches. Anyone had a migraine lately? High intelligence. Consumes people's dreams. You'll have nightmares. Hypnosis. Witchcraft. Confusion. And uh, it, it evolves in an evolution. It, it, it's always changing its tactics. Its ways are movable that thou canst not know them. Know that scripture, folks? Mm-hmm. The strange woman's ways, an unanointed vessel, unanointed as all get out by God, and a loud and stubborn strange woman, her ways are movable that thou canst not know them. Read Proverbs 7. Find out about what these spirits are like. And it can appear in any gender. Sex is actually the right word. There's a male and a female sex. Anything else is confusion, by the way. Just cover that real quick. Uh-huh. Within the game, evolution is taught repeatedly. There are special stones, fire, leaf, moon, thunder, and water. Well, that's those are the forces of nature. That's your Gaia cult. That's your Wiccan witchcraft. That's all your other uh, BS. All right. Um, yeah, well, uh, yeah, I was just looking at another thing here, and so I'll, I'll just put it down and continue with the one I have here in my hand now. Okay. This is going to go on for a while. All right. Yeah, your opponent's life drains. 
Um, it will lower the health of opponents. Um, mm -hmm. uh -huh. it's, it's all about a bruising and brawling. Okay, just to, I'm cutting a few of these words short here. While children delight in these mysterious realms, concerned parents worry and wonder. You won't know what hit you at first <laughs> until you figure it out. Hopefully this will help. Uh, what kinds of beliefs and values does the Pokemon world and its links teach? Why the emphasis on evolution, supernatural power, and poisoning your opponent? That's absolute witchcraft. Okay, the, another subheading. Changing beliefs and values. Yeah, they seek to change times and laws. We have our values and laws in the statutes of the Lord, which are right and perfect and pure. Yeah. Yeah. Barbara Whitehorse started seeking answers after her son asked a typical question. Mom, can I get Pokemon cards? A lot of my friends from church have them. Uh, wake up, parents. You know, we're in a church body here. And if your kids have this stuff, be aware and, and clear it out of your home. Burn it. Burn it in the backyard. Take a good look at it. See what it is. Observe it. Don't absorb it and then get rid of it. You wouldn't have your kid uh, operating a Ouija board in your house, would you? Oh, hell no. You wouldn't do that, would you? <clears throat> so his friends from church have him. Much as she wanted Matthew to have fun with his friends, she gave a loving refusal. Well, there's a, a fairly smart mom there. Matthew's tutor had already warned her that the Pokemon craze could stir interest in other kinds of occult role-playing games, such as Dungeons and Dragons. At the time, she wondered if the tutor had just overreacted to some harmless entertainment. That's the devil's little snot back about this. This is more serious than people can sometimes give it credit for. So beware. After all, the cute little Pokemon creatures looked nothing like the dark demonic creatures of D&D, &D, but they're shapeshifters. <laughs> Demons are shifty. They come in offering candy. Yeah. Then, then what? Then they're offering addictions through drugs, poisoning, mm -hmm. witchcraft, sorcery, um, sexual deviance, and uh, all kinds of other enticements. Mm-hmm. But when she learned that a local Christian school had banned them because of their link to the occult, she changed her mind. Later, during a recent party for Matthew, Barbara heard two of the boys discussing their little pocket monsters. One said, I'll just use my psychic powers. Not around here, they won't. <laughs> Already... The world of fantasy had colored his real world. And it, it's so true. It, it happens to these kids before the parents realize it and before the kids even realize it. You know, these kids don't even know what they're doing. But it's because the parents don't know what their kids have been up to lately. And I would encourage, you know, fathers, dads, moms, get in there, <laughs> especially dads, be the heads of your house. Get in there and know what your wife and kids are up to. If you're working too many long hours, you might want to Tell your boss, I need a couple of days to go in and, and look to my family 
to some family issues, some serious family needs here, and go in and see what's really going on in your house. Are your bills being paid? Are your tithes being paid? Are your kids getting plenty of Bible time? Or do when you sit them down, do they act like they wanna be 89 other places and you can't tell them anything yet? And they sit down on you and they don't wanna do their chores. And uh, we'll get into that a little later. This is just a little preview here. And here we go. Psychic powers, really. Already the world of fantasy had colored his real world. So when some of the kids wanted to watch the afternoon Pokemon cartoon on television, Barbara again had to say no. It's not easy to be parents these days. And I'll tell you something, if you are a parent and it's not easy for you, it's probably your own fault because you've allowed some of this stuff to creep in, maybe in through your own lives, into your kid's life, or, or your wife didn't know and she was allowing some stuff to, to, to take place in the home. And so fellas, you better get your houses in order. You better get your wives and your kids straightened out if you need to. And if you if you got a great family life, God bless that and prosper it and more power to you. But if there's some of you out there that have to do this little cleanup, you go right ahead and, and take care of it. You're the head of the house, men, and you don't have to stand for any of this garbage for, for one more minute. You really don't. You have the authorization to go in and be the head of your house and to boldly clean it up and to do it in love and in the spirit of meekness or to come in with the rod of correction and with the under, full understanding that God will back you up on this. Okay? You can do it, guys. <laughs> you know, you don't have to sit back and watch your lives and your family and your household be destroyed by these problems. Okay? She said, it's not easy to be parents these days, not for people without God, especially. Witchcraft can go into a, a, a weak Christian's home and kill him right through the air. You can look up somebody, uh, he's, a, he's a converted Satanist, and he used to be able to kill, literally kill people through the air with his sorceries and his witchcraft. And he would go all night on a satanic uh, ritual and the next, uh, within the next few days or even overnight, somebody would go to the hospital and die because he had it done through demonic influence. Mm -hmm. His name's John Ramirez. You can look up uh, and, and hear his testimony and everything. It's all over the internet. If you want to look up wholesome things, you can do that. You can get plenty of uh, good teaching too. Kat Kerr has wonderful soul cleansing um, little things that, that, that she, uh, little and big things that she says that are perfectly uh, anointed and holy, and you can repeat them and you can take them on for yourselves. You can choose with your own will to loose any, any uh, demonic influence from every layer of your being and bind to every layer of your being, complete healing, health, hope, light, uh, success, whatever you need from God to yourself. And she can show you how to do it. And folks, get out there and, and take a hold of and get control of your own spiritual health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can do that too. You're well able, you're, you're grown people. Um, and when you give this example for your kids, your kids will follow suit. And when, they, when you get the results that the Lord gives you by being completely obedient to Him, and to taking these things on, you will you will have a joyous, miraculous, wonderful life. Uh, if if every day you renounce these things and and send them packing first thing in the morning, send these devils packing first thing in the morning. Get the hosts out there kicking the devils unholy butt. 
first thing when you wake up. It's what we do. She'll, mm -hmm. she'll talk more about that as we as we go along here. Uh, hopefully, I'm not laying too, <laughs> too much on everybody here, but uh, look, this needs to be covered. So. Yeah. Uh, I'll just keep going with this. This is a little lengthy, yeah, I'm, but I am going to be thorough. So stay tuned. Uh, Cecile Donazzi would agree, as we go back into this article here, back in 1995, her son's elementary school had found a new exciting way to teach math. <laughs> the Pound Ridge Elementary School was using Magic the Gathering. The role-playing game called, uh, which like Dungeons and Dragons, has built a cult following among people of all ages across the country. Mrs. Donazzi refused to let her son participate in the magic club. But a classmate gave him one of the magic cards, which he showed his mother. It was called Soul Exchange and pictured spirits rising from graves. That's necromancy. That's not allowed. Like all the other cards in this ghastly game, it offered a morbid instruction. Sacrifice a white creature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If your youngest children are being tormented by demonic attacks, that's what's going on. Your 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 most innocent and your most treasured uh, beloved souls in your household will be the ones to suffer if you if you let some of these spirits creep into your home. It won't just be you parents or siblings or anything it'll be it'll be the most tender and innocent among you i hate having to say that some of you have already gone um through several things like this uh having been exposed to witchcraft in 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 uh, a university or in a school or just being in the wrong place at the wrong time it can happen mm -hmm. i'm getting nods even from some of the audience in front of me here that's true so, this is all good. And, um, and I want to make sure that I'm not out here condemning anybody if, if you've gone through any of this. Certainly, we've gone through plenty my, with my wife and I. And when she starts talking, she's going to tell you all about how horrific it can be. All right. Sacrifice a white creature. What does summon mean? He asked his mother after school one day. Summon, why do you ask? He told her that during recess on the playground, the children would summon the forces on the cards they collect by raising sticks into the air and saying, spirits enter me. They call it being possessed. Well, here we go. We're just open. We have open demon possession. And these kids are crying out for it. Not against it. They're, they're asking for it. They're requiring it. This is unbelievable. Uh, <clears throat> this is an article from 10 years ago. <laughs> you think it's gotten worse? Yeah, it has. All right, I'm just going to continue on because I've got a lot of things here and they're all underlined. So Strange as it may sound to American ears, demonic possession is no longer confined to distant lands. No kidding. Today, government schools, I said government schools, 
from coast to coast are teaching students the skills once reserved for the tribal witch doctor or shaman in distant lands. Children everywhere are learning the pagan formulas for invoking angelic or demonic spirits through multicultural education, popular books, movies, and television. It's not surprising that the deadly explosions of untamed violence suddenly erupt from quote-unquote normal teens across our land because they've been programmed to perpetrate these kinds of crimes. Mass shootings in schools? So that they can push their agenda for gun control and things like that? Pull on people's heartstrings? <laughs> they don't care about children. They've got their abortion mills. Yeah, Bale has his altar set up. They're pushing that like crazy these, these very days right now. <clears throat> Occult role-playing games teach the same dangerous lessons. They also add a sense of personal power and authority through personal identification with godlike superheroes. And children take, try to take this on. Though the demonic realm hasn't changed, Today's technology, media, and multicultural climate makes it easier to access and harder than ever to resist its appeal. Except you resist it through God. You res resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One, one point I'd like to make is, you know, over the past couple of years, especially with the lockdowns and everything, not that we agree with the lockdown, but my wife and I have noticed that as we fast from cable, we absolutely do not pay for cable television. We can choose to watch content that we choose uh, on various, uh, what do you call them? Outlets that, that exist that, that, you know, you can pay a subscription fee to. And I'm not advocating for any of these outlets, by the way, because a lot of them are corrupt, but we choose the content that we agree with or don't agree with or discern or shut off or whatever. And if there's something too vile or too foul coming through, we're just, oh, that's it. We're not having that in the house. We close that portal to that and we eject it straight out of our house, never return again. We won't look at it again. But what I'm saying is the more we've fasted from those kinds of things, um, the more discernment we have and the sharper we are when something like that presents itself. You're not going to fool us. Sorry, devils, you're not going to fool God's people. Especially, and, and what we've done is we've devoted ourselves, we kept our nose in the Bible, kept our, our head in the game before the Lord, uh, listened to him, listened to his instructors in the Lord, his apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, listened to their messages, listened to their recordings, and stayed in the word and gone cover to cover over and over and over again during these times. Now, over the last 10 years, that's what we've been up to as much as we possibly can. And it's not being religious about it or being overbearing about it. It's just that we've desired that more than what the world is putting out there because we, we cannot stand what the world puts out right now. We just can't stand it. It's just hard to even be out there on the road having to do a couple of simple little errands or get the mail or something. Uh, you can feel what's in the air. And the, the more that you wean yourselves off of these types of things, the, the better discernment you'll have when it does present itself. 
we can feel things going on from day to day, the, the spiritual climate and the, the demonic attacks that come against us right through the air. Not that they're welcome to come in our house, but the moment we feel it, uh-uh, host, go kick ass on that demonic attack. We absolutely drain its power out to zero. We uh, bind it with chains and fetters of iron and cast it into the worst hell forever, never to return or send anything else in its place. And we send 100,000 hosts to go and take care of that little chore right now. Go hosts, amen in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's kind of how it's done. That's one way to do it. You can say anything like that with the power of God and have it immediately done for you. And you'll, you'll feel the results within one to five minutes. You should. Mm -hmm. But you make sure that you're free of all these hindering spirits in your home and in the people around you. So this is good. Um, the next subheading here is role play and psychological addiction. Well, if that isn't a bunch of witchcraft on its own, I don't know what is. The televised Pokemon show brings suggestions and images. See, you know, in Revelation, the Lord talks about the image of the beast. How he was, how he's, he's able to pull that off through an image. That he's killed and made alive again. It's a false miracle. It's a lying wonder, see. It was just the image being killed and made alive again. God already got the victory when he cast him out and, and put him to death. Mm -hmm. See what I mean? <laughs> the rest of us just smoke and mirrors. It's just images. A lot of people are fearful if they see uh, even an image of something. Oh, I can't. Oh, man, it's really unsettling. Well, yeah, but it's just an image. It has no power and authority over you. You take a power, uh, you take authority and power over it. Yeah, take back your lives, Christians. Take back your homes, parents. Mm -hmm. and, and clean up your, clean up your spiritual walk before the Lord's kids, if you have to. You know, it's it's not it's never a bad thing to do a self check on yourself. Say, Lord, go through me and remove anything that isn't like you. You know, cleanse me of all grudges and cleanse me of all past hurts and, and wounds and, and, and uh, torments and whatever it is that's afflicting you. Just cast it out and, and, and tell the Lord, you just take it all. I'm, I'm casting all my care upon you. You can cast all your care upon him for he careth for you. You can look those scriptures up. You do it. Because... You know, if, if you find yourself in a place where you don't have a lot of people around to spoon feed it to you all the time, folks, you're going to have to be able to know where to dig it out yourselves. You know, and we're not always going to be around to, to just, okay, well now, and, and be reactive to whatever is afflicting you. And okay, be proactive and stop those things from happening, happening to you in the first place. Mm -hmm. You know, right? Like, wow, just... Yeah, you're, you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, rebuke it first thing in the morning. Your life will start straightening out and you'll start enjoying that full liberty and freedom before the Lord and that love, joy, and peace enter into your, into your home, your life, even your work, your bank account, your, um, 
your state of mental well-being will improve. I mean, I gotta, I gotta boast a little. My wife and I enjoy one of the most peaceable, fruitful, blessed lives you can ever imagine. But it's because we have committed to being obedient to God's word and subject to his rules and his statutes. And they're not grievous. What is grievous is to try to fight these devils out here and going up presumptuously against them and end up wondering why you get your butt kicked because the Lord isn't in it because you're wasting your energy and you're wasting your time fighting something out there. You think you're, you know, you think you're in some sort of righteous cause or something, but if God didn't tell you to go up, you're going to get hammered and just be spinning your wheels. You know, you might as well be just spinning your wheels in that, in that dragster, just, just, uh, shedding all the tread off your tires and making a bunch of smoke and not going anywhere. You might as well just be power breaking it through life. Then you're going to burn yourselves out and you're going to run out of fuel and you're going to, you're going to have to replace those tires eventually. If there's tires left for you to replace, you know, some parables for you too. So, <clears throat> All we can do is, you know, say this is this is kind of what we've done, and I and it's been working. This really works for us, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. Can I just add one thing? Absolutely. If you do feel tired, or you do feel sick, or you do do feel something like that, don't agree with it and don't voice it. You take authority over it. Mm -hmm. Nope, I've got all the strength and the anointing I need for mm -hmm. today. You know, whatever your plan is for the day, Lord, I surrender to you. I'm not tired. I have all the strength and anointing that I have that I need for today. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to try to get through this here. Um, where did I leave off? Role play and psychological addiction. The televised Pokemon show brings suggestions and images that set the stage for the next steps of entanglement. You don't want to be entangled in the cares of this life. It chokes the word and it becomes unfruitful. If you put, if and when you put God first, I'm going to say when. And if you won't, you're just in, in deep trouble with the Lord. The Lord wants a clean body now. And he's got no, uh, no patience anymore for foot draggers and time wasters. Mm -hmm. Especially those who've been corrected over and over and just don't want to take correction. The Lord is so sick and tired of that. And the Lord's elders are really sick and tired of that. And they're just not having it. So... I thought I'd throw that in just real quick. Entanglement. Uh, to be a good soldier of the Lord, you do not entangle yourself in the affairs of this life. It's the, just fruitless. Those are the rudiments of the world and the ways of the flesh. It's not going to work anymore. When God turns the page, you're going to have to uh, decide which side of the book you're going to be on. All right. It beckons the young spectator to enter the manipulative realm of role play and children become mass manipulators. Some of the parents do too. <laughs> Where fantasy simulates reality and the buyer becomes a slave to their programmer. It's like a drug addiction. Just remember, this is programming. Okay? In the realm of popular role-playing games, whether it's Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, or other selections, like all the other kinds of stuff I've mentioned, the child becomes the master. That's not how it's supposed to be in a Christian home. We know this. As in contemporary witchcraft, he or she wields the power. Their arm, mind, or power symbol 
the Pokemon or other action figure becomes the channel for the spiritual forces. There it is. Idolatry. Uh, John Ramirez will tell you, e even the, the little uh, holy looking statues that people buy can, can become uh, an idol that demonic forces work through. It's called voodoo. It's a mix of Catholicism, um, paganism, witchcraft, Satanism, and all kinds of other stuff. It's, it's all whipped up in a huge blender together. It almost doesn't matter what these things look like, as long as there's some kind of graven image or statue or, or figurine, an action figure, perhaps. Right? All right. Children from Christian homes may have learned to say, thy will be done. But in the role-playing world, this prayer is twisted into my will be done. The first tenet of Satanism is do as thou wilt. I'll do whatever I want. The main tenets of witchcraft uh, invoke the, and, and try to empower people to get what they want and to manipulate others into doing what they want them to do. How about doing what God shows us to do? I choose that instead. I choose to be obedient to God's word and his rules. And again, they're not grievous. What, what is grievous is to be out there flailing around without God and without his understanding and without his wisdom and understanding and to be subject to the rules and reg regulations and the, and the rudiments of this world will do nothing but tear you to pieces. And she can tell you all about it and so can I. We've been there and we're, and we're gonna talk about it today. Okay, we'll just keep going on, on some of this. Uh, it's interesting how just these articles bring out a lot of these issues, isn't it? All right, my will be done, no. No, God's perfect will is, is uh, what's, what's preferable here. God, parents, and pastors no longer fit into the picture fantasized by the child. Uh-huh, it takes God and the, and the proper uh, leadership straight out. Mm -hmm. I don't like how the leadership handled this situation. Oh, there's a wrong spirit talk. Uh-huh, there you go. Do you trust our leadership? Well, you know, I don't know. Real subtle. Subtle doesn't cut anymore, people of God. Subtle will not cut it. The Lord is 900 trillion steps ahead of all of us. Each one of us. Okay, and we're all partakers of his uh, correction and instruction and admonition. None of us is above that or exempt from it. It's in the word, we're all partakers of it, right? But if not, Hebrews 12, look it up, read it. It's in there, it's in Hebrews 12, I just gave it to you. You can go read it later. Um, <clears throat> all right, psychologists have warned that role-playing can cause the participant to actually experience emotionally the role of being, being played. Again, the child becomes the master, or so it seems to the player. The programmer who writes the rules is the master, and when the game includes occultism and violence, the child hero is trained to use his or her spiritual power to kill, poison, evolve, and destroy over and over. Not only does this repetitive practice 
blur the line between reality and fantasy. It also sears the child's conscience and causes the player to devalue life. The child learns to accept unthinkable behavior, behavior as normal. And when they grow up, they can just go and abort their baby and think nothing of it more than swatting a fly or taking tonsils out. That's how they uh, push it these days. Oh, it's just unwanted tissue. No, it isn't. They're killing the very uh, life of God when they go after children that way, especially unborn children. Mm -hmm. uh, folks can tell you how they've lost children through, uh, lost their unborn children through uh, demonic attack and witchcraft. There you go. To be a winner within this system, the committed player must know and follow the rules of the game. Well, the, the committed Christian should do the same in a holy manner before God, shouldn't they? Just throw that in. Obedience becomes a reflex, strengthened by instant rewards or positive reinforcement. Yeah. yeah it's better to be obedient to God and get his reward. But th this is what happens to... Uh, kids, parents, grandparents, whoever witchcrafted by the rudiments of the world and the lusts of the flesh and the works of the flesh. So, to be a winner within the demonic system, the committed player must know and follow the rules of the game. Obedience becomes a reflex because of the repetition. It just becomes instant, strengthened by instant rewards or positive reinforcement. The rules and rewards force the child to develop new habits and patterned responses to certain stimuli. They will automatically snot you off or automatically be contentious with you or automatically argue, well, I don't agree with what you just said. Am I right? Mm -hmm. That's right. <clears throat> day after day, this powerful psychological process manipulates the child's thoughts, feelings, and actions until his or her personality changes and, as many parents confirm, interest in ordinary family life begins to wither away. Be careful, folks. You may have recognized those preceding terms as those often used by behavioral psychologists. They point to a sophisticated system of operant conditioning or behavior modification. The child must exercise his own intelligent mind to learn the complex rules, but after learning the rules, the programmed stimuli produce conditioned responses in the player. These responses become increasingly automatic, a reflex action. They will automatically uh, rebel and contend with you and be stubborn. They're instantly stubborn and instantly have an argument. Naturally, this, can't, this can lead to psychological addiction, a craving for ever greater and more expensive thrills and darker forces, like a Manchurian candidate. Somebody's been programmed to go out and, and kill and then in a moment forget exactly what they're doing, not even knowing what they've done. You can look up what a Manchurian candidate is. There's a whole set of movies that explain it. Even early on, I think Frank Sinatra was in the first one. That one would be good enough. They show you how it's all done. Yeah, they do. What can parents do? <laughs> Get in your word. Get before the Lord. Do a lot of praying. Yeah. 
It's hard to teach restraint to children who are begging for gratification. You can teach your kids how to work for earned uh, goal satisfaction, uh, the gratifying feeling of knowing that there's a job well done. You can teach them how to build and paint a, a picket fence or how to get, get your paints out and, and make, a, make a beautiful uh, piece of art or something or to create something with their hands or to, to craft a lovely meal for the parents who are worn out after a hard day's work. This can all be done. You know, the satisfaction of doing something worthwhile and wholesome is, is very rewarding. All this stuff is so temporal, temporary, and it's just disgusting. This disgusts me that I even have to read this out. But this, this is how you know your enemy. We eventually got it figured out. Mm -hmm. Within a couple of weeks, we were looking this up. That's why I have all these sheets. Uh-huh. All right, where was I now? What can parents do? Wanting to please rather than overreact, we flinch at the thought of being called censors once again. Parental authority simply doesn't fit the fast-spreading new views of social equality that taught through the media and the schools. Yet we must obey God. He has told us to train our children to choose his way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Proverbs 22, 6. And we can't turn back now. I agree. <laughs> I'm reading from the article here. If you share my concerns, you may want to follow these suggestions. <laughs> okay. They will help you equip your child with the awareness needed to resist occult entertainment. First, look at God's view of contemporary toys, games, and cartoons. As a family, read the scriptures such as Ephesians 5, 8 through 16, uh, 6, 10 through 18, armor of God. Yeah, get your armor on first thing in the morning and start doing battle. First thing. Philippians 4, 8 through 9 and Colossians 2, uh, 9. Compare them with the values encouraged by Pokemon and other role-playing games. Yeah. Yeah, share your observations. And here we had a, a little uh, fighting, hitting, migraine, uh, certain odd behaviors, rebellion. Uh, what's that one? Countenances on cards. They would take on those countenances. Oh, yeah. So the kids will take on the, the facial expressions of these things on the, the, uh, the tarot card. The, I mean, the, the Pokemon cards. Uh-huh. There you go. Um, spark awareness with a young child uh, with comments such as that monster looks mean or that creature reminds me of a dragon or even just go deeper, folks. People of God, you know how to, you know how to take care of these problems or you should. Along with, did you know that in the Bible, serpents and dragons always represent Satan and the devil and evil things? Well, there's a reason for that. There's a reason the Bible expresses those things that way. In a way, these, these demonic Pokemon things and, and all the other demonic images that they've got going out there today, they have to reveal themselves for what they are. They look just like exactly what they are. Demons and devils, I mean, <laughs> they're, they're out there screaming as loud as they possibly can right now. 
they're not they're not even really hiding it anymore which I guess is okay. It just makes it easier to discern, I guess, unless it's creeping in through the back door in some, you know, some, some portal or some avenue into your home without you knowing it. And if, if you're, you know, go through, go through your house and, and clear it out and find these things, dig them out and get rid of them. If, if, they're, if you find them there, you know what to do, burn it in the backyard, no matter what the, the value or the cost of it was in the beginning. You can make that up later between you and the Lord. Uh, to teach young children a biblical attitude toward evil before they learn to delight in gross, ugly characters, make comments such as, who would want to play with that evil monster? I don't even like to look at him. Let's find something that makes us feel happy inside. Yeah, again, here's these some suggestions from the article, and they're good. Model wise decision-making. Be the example. Tell your child why you wouldn't want to buy certain things for yourself. I don't want it tormenting me later on. When your child wants a questionable game or toy, ask questions that are prayerfully adapted to your child's age, such as, what does this game teach you? About power, about magic, about God, about yourself. Discuss both obvious and subtle messages. Parents have at it. Does it have anything to do with supernatural power? If so, what is the source of that power? Does it oppose or agree with God's word? Make sure that it agrees with it. That'd be better. What does it teach about violence or immorality and their consequences? Most, um, most of these enticements don't uh, tell you about the consequences of doing them. The consequences are severe. There, there's another article here that says uh, that 50, at least 50% of people that will commit to uh, Pokemon worship will go to hell. That ought to wake some people up. That's up or down then. That's 50-50. Those aren't good odds in my book. As a, as a, you know, a teacher and a parent here. Boy. The consequences, yeah. Does the gamer toy have symbols or characteristics that link it to new age or occult powers? Wake up. Does it build godly character? In a nation consumed with self-indulgence, self-fulfillment, and self-empowerment, godly self-denial seems strangely out of place. But God commanded it and Jesus demonstrated it. Dare we refuse to acknowledge it? According to the age of your child, discuss Jesus' words in Matthew 16, verse 24 through 26, then allow the Holy Spirit to direct your application. Again, I'm just reading from an article and adding some things to it. Far more than earthly parents, God wants his children to be content and full of joy. And like I said, you will be if, you, if you'll kick these things out of your house. But he knows better than to give us all the things we want. Instead, he gave us his word as a standard for what brings genuine peace and happiness. The Apostle Paul summarized it well. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Philippians 4, 8. And they quoted it right. 
After hearing, after hearing God's warning and praying for his wisdom, nine-year-old Alan Brannan decided to throw away all his Pokemon cards. My friend did the same, said his mother. Her 12-year-old son had been having nightmares. But after a discussion with his parents about the game and its symbols, he was convicted to burn his cards and return his Game Boy game. It was just a distraction for him. You can do better than that. You can do more wholesome activities that are far more fulfilling and, and have a lasting you have a lasting product that you can hang on your wall and look at. I painted a bunch of stuff and I got a bunch of stuff on my wall here. Well, we, you know, it brought me great satisfaction. It still does. I could still look at it and go, wow, I, I did that. That's, it's neat. And that's just a natural little accomplishment, you know? All right. So he burned up his cards, returned his, his little gaming apparatus that night slept well for the first time in a month victory all right it seemed to us that these cards had some sort of power yeah even if they're sitting around in a closet or sitting or even sitting around in your house not even being viewed or used or played with we've had that experience which we'll get into um they had some sort of power continued deanna brannon Another nine-year-old boy had stolen money from his mother's purse, $7, to buy more cards. When questioned, he confessed and said he had heard the devil urging him to do it. Oh, wow, okay. The family quickly gathered in prayer, then saw God's answer. Both the boy and his little sister burned their cards, warned their friends, and discovered the joy and freedom that only comes from following their shepherd. It's great. It's great. Um, there's more here. Um, and again, there's more because this goes, this is just the, the archetype for anything that else that's like this. All those other things I mentioned. My son called me on the phone recently and asked, Dad, do you know anything about the kids collector card game Pokemon? The reason he asked was because my oldest grandson, who is seven years old, came home with several of the cards he got from a friend at church. Uh, uh-oh. He showed them to his dad and said his friends thought they were really cool. After looking at the few cards, his dad had a different opinion, though he could not put his finger on exactly what the problem was by looking at those few cards. Well, I did. I saw the cards that the kids had and I immediately knew exactly what was going on. Like, oh, this is what's been uh, troubling our house here. Well, he couldn't exactly see what it was by looking at those few cards. He definitely had an uneasy feeling about them. You can trust your gut feelings, parents. While he neither saw nor read anything overtly evil on the cards, there were a couple of hints on them that made him suspicious. He decided not to allow his son to get involved with Pokemon until he looked into it further. This proved to be a wise decision. Uh, here's what I discovered, the guy says, I guess, here. Uh, the history of Pokemon. The name Pokemon is derived from Pocket Monster. Pokemon has entertained Japanese youth since 1995. While it is rare for a Japanese cultural phenomena to be duplicated in the Western world, Pokemon has proved to be the exception. 
It moved to the, into the United States big time and captured the minds of elementary age children all over this country. Pokemon is everywhere. Nintendo video games, cartoon shows on television, a movie, comic books, toys, clothing, VHS, videos, DVDs, and the wildly popular collector card game. Now they have one where you go actually physically out across the land and they'll put one of those things, a virtual one out there, and have you walk off of a cliff to your death trying to find this thing. That actually has happened. Or crash your car or trespass on someone's property or commit some sort of crime without even knowing even what the hell you think you're doing. You think you're going out and, and fulfilling your, yourself with this game. And they've got you running all over Hell's Half Acre literally now to try to find these virtual things that are, that are pinned onto a map. And people go around looking at their phones and looking at GPS trying to hunt these things down and capture them. And they'll step into a ditch and break their leg. Like I said, one person fell over a cliff. I think they almost died or they're dead. You can look it up for yourself. It, it just entices people to do stupid, dangerous things now. Um, they have newer and newer and newer versions of it all the time. The Pokemon virus has infected virtually every media outlet imaginable. And by plan, the virus has become an epidemic among elementary-aged children, causing them to crave and beg for more Pokemon paraphernalia. Countless elementary-aged children are obsessed with Pokemon. Okay, so measuring Pokemon by the Bible. Without apology, I acknowledge, and this is the article, I acknowledge that I'm writing this pamphlet from a biblical perspective, and I believe there is a battle going on for the minds of our children and grandchildren. In fact, Satan and his diabolical hordes want to corrupt the minds of children and adults as well. That stops here right now. One of the problems is that Satan is getting the upper hand because Christians are oblivious to the tactics the adversary is using to pollute the minds of men, women, boys, and girls. So that's why this message is called Know Your Enemy. Whatever form it comes in. While many Christian adults would catch blatant demonic doctrines, the truth is Satan seldom mounts a direct assault. Rather, he, through his human helpers, uses subtle, clandestine, and deceptive methods to advance his evil doctrines. These are such that creep into houses. They subvert whole houses. You can look up those scriptures. Yeah. So, how can we detect these deceptive methods and evil doctrines? How can we protect our children and ourselves? The Bible says, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. That means you lash yourself to it with ropes and just be bound to that word and those godly statutes. Mm-hmm. First Thessalonians 5.21. The Bible says, Whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 The Bible says, Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Romans 12.9 Therefore, we must measure Pokemon paraphernalia by the principles of the Bible to determine if, is, if it is acceptable. Let's do that. Well, it's not acceptable, obviously. What values, beliefs, and philosophies do the game promote? One of the first things I did, and I'm just reading from somebody's testimony here, one of the first things I did was to find out who produced the trading card game. Here is an exact quote right from the web page of the producer. The Pokemon trading card game is a new collectible card game that is made and distributed by Wizards of the Coast. 
Wizards. Just leave that one there. The same company that made the best-selling game Magic the Gathering. Magic the Gathering is a heavily occult-laced trading card game very popular in the 1990s. I have a research report titled Beware of Magic the Gathering that can be viewed on the Logos webpage. And then you can, you can go there if you want to. Oh yes, I should mention that Wizards of the Coast also owns TSR, the producers of all the Dungeons and Dragons material. Oh, here we go. Uh-huh. When I discovered who owned the American Pokemon trading card game rights, I knew the game was not just an innocent card game for elementary school children. But it is, it's full-blown, full-strength, candied witchcraft for kids. And now you got adults running around uh, in their Priuses looking for these things on some GPS map somewhere. Isn't that funny? That's hilarious. Yeah, they can go out there and destroy their lives without even ha having to consume a gallon of gas. Mm -hmm. All right. Next, I looked into the characters in the Pokemon video games, comics, cartoons, movies, etc. What kind of values do they have? Ash Ketchum, a boy. We talked about him earlier. Ash. Ash Ketchum. Gotta catch them all. Even the, even the names are a dead giveaway here. Is one of the main characters. He is described as an energetic and determined 10-year-old. A uh, little too competitive. He is obsessed with catching all Pokemon and driven to become the world's foremost Pokemon master. Oh, yes. You can be sure that the Pokemon rap song and mantra will be included in the materials. And we, we gave you that one already. There's a lot to this. I've got pages and pages of this. And it's, it just, it applies to everything that's out there. <clears throat> We're going to do full exposure today. Okay. Yeah. Okay, all right, we'll look at another character. Ash's companion, Misty, she is described as headstrong and stubborn. She's Proverb 7. Mm-hmm. Constantly quibbling with Ash and seems to harbor deeper feelings for Ash. She seems to. Then there is the third member of the trio, Brock, who is by far the most hormonal. Brock's fascination with the opposite sex many times gets him or the group into trouble, although he's yet to have anything resembling a score. Let's take a look at Pokemon trainer Gary. He is a real jerk, self-centered, vindictive, and obnoxious. <laughs> I'm secretly laughing about that one. <laughs> then there are Jesse and James. Jesse James was a Western uh, train robber and... and and criminal, right? Jesse and James, Here's here is how they are described. Prepare for trouble, make it double. Jesse and James are a mysterious and evil gang, yeah, looking to steal rare Pokemon. So there's there's demonic uh, confusion and, and uh, conflict within these characters themselves. This isn't a unified group. This is a house divided right here. You can just see it. Jesse and James are stuck up, fashion conscious, and prone to cross-dressing. There's a couple of sodomites. 
headstrong, stubborn, quibbling, self-centered, vindictive, obnoxious, hormonal, sexually preoccupied, evil, thieving, cross-dressing jerks are most definitely not biblical role models. These characters do not portray biblical values. Pokemon does not measure up. This is all from the article. I don't have to make this stuff up. I'm sitting here reading it to you. Are supernatural powers portrayed? And if so, what is the source or origin of those powers? Are occult, new age characteristics or symbols included? Yeah, they are. Pokemon has supernatural powers. Some of these things will be repetitive. Some Pokemon grow or evolve. This is facilitated by the energy cards that make your Pokemon bigger and more powerful. And what is the source of this power? It is the pantheistic power of the occult, not the supernatural power of God. I have found two cards that make this very clear. There are likely more. They're Abra and Kadabra. Yes, these are their actual names. Abracadabra has been a word long associated with occult magic. Webster's Dictionary defines it this way. A word supposed to have magic powers and hence used in incantations on amulets. A magic spell or formula. It is no accident that the two Pokemon called Abra and Kadabra are psychic cards with magical powers. On the Abra card, we read, using its ability to read minds, it will identify impending danger and teleport to safety. Then there are the occult symbols on the Kadabra. He has a pentagram on his forehead. We had a pentagram drawn and show, show up in our house. She'll tell you all about it uh, presently. Um, <clears throat> okay. He has SSS on his chest and he is giving the satanic salute with his left hand. That's the horned hand symbol. All the metalheads do it. All of the above have strong occult significance. It is clear from the Bible and they quote the scripture or they cite the scripture here, Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 12, that we are neither to participate in nor associate with activities related to the occult. Some of the readers will no doubt protest. It's only a game. To be sure, it is a it is a game, but a game that does not glorify God. And I'll add, it has uh, absolutely uh, tremendous uh, consequences. When God says something is wrong, it is wrong regardless of what form it is in. Mm -hmm. Snake is still a snake, if it even if it's a thirty foot anaconda or just one coming out of an egg. It still is what it is. It's a, still a serpent. Yeah. And you know, here's an added note. I'll just add this too. When God designates something as being wrong, it's wrong for a reason. He's, he's telling you, you don't do that to protect you because he loves you. And because he loves you, he wants to protect you from these kinds of things. So you're not tormented or, or influenced by them or suffer consequences from, from um, participating in, in that particular activity or in that particular uh, sin. See, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. You can look that scripture up. Yeah. All right. 
Not only that, but many of the kids who play this game are seduced into believing the principles that the game subtly teaches. They start using it in real life, all right. We went through hell in our own home. We can tell you all about it, and we're about to. Uh-huh. Okay, here's but one example in the booklet that comes with Pokemon. Note what is stated. Quote, welcome to the world of Pokemon, a special place where people just like you train to become the number one Pokemon master in the world. Oh, something else is training your children now, not you, the parents. Pokemon masters are the leaders of fighting schools or battling gangs that solve their problems by beating their opponents. Uh-huh. Yeah. How many of you lately have had uh, some opponent try to try to uh, bludgeon you into submission with their words and their and their guilt trips and all their BS? You can answer that one for yourselves. And how do they do this? Their little booklet says some attacks cause the defending Pokemon to be asleep, confused, paralyzed, or poisoned. Mm-hmm. What other influences are evident in Pokemon? It gets more unbelievable and shocking as you read on. Wicca. That's your gothic witchcraft. Witchcraft, paganism, Satanism, New Age, and other occultic influences are in Pokemon. Uh, energy drain is one of the powers from Pokemon. Draining psychic energy and physical energy. Uh, some people have experienced that from their environment or witchcraft or from Pokemon itself or from uh, giving themselves to demonic music or you know things like that. And I hate to say it, I know it sounds stodgy, but man, you gotta avoid this stuff. Don't bother with it, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to end up depressed from listening to a certain uh, so-called musical artist. What good does that do? I mean, I've, I've been hearing about stuff like that. And I'm going, wow, that's really never happened to me before. I, I, but that's not the kind of stuff I go for. I really do try to go for something wholesome, something instrumental, or something, you know, innocuous, something that's not harmful, something that doesn't grate against the Holy Spirit. The Pokemon Go game that people have on their phones. There was a lady playing that game one night and she fell asleep. And then she woke up being physically attacked by a demon that came out of the game. Mm -hmm. And she had to fight it off. She even made a police report about it. It was so real to her. It's, it was like there, what, there really was an entity there attacking her that she had to fight off. And it came right through her phone. Mm -hmm. So these things are real. Witchcraft is real. It's real. And it's not what I was told. Years ago, when I first became a Christian, um, I was at a women's meeting and the subject of witchcraft came up and someone asked, well, what is witchcraft? And one of the leaders in the area at that time said, oh, you know, that's like when we're having a meeting and a cat walks through the room and people are distracted. Well, it's a lot more than that, as we just covered that gave me no power. That gave nobody in that room any power over the spirit of witchcraft because it's a whole lot more than a cat walking through a room and dis disturbing a meeting. Right? That's right. Can I jump in here, babe? Let her rip. Okay.
It's all yours. Okay. A little backstory. I think I'm going to give a little backstory because people that hear this may not know my backstory, may not know our backstory. So I didn't become a Christian until I was 30 years old. And so I had been married at 24 when I was in the Navy. I got married and um, had two children. And I was married to a real sorcerer, a true sorcerer. And when the Lord revealed that to me, he called him the churl spirit. And you can look that up. It's in Isaiah. And when I found out I was married to this churl spirit, and I'd seen a lot of problems, the Lord gave me all the scriptures. He just put it together and he said, look, you're going to have to get out of here or you're going to lose your salvation and your children are going to lose their salvation too. So things came to a head. I had to leave in the middle of the night and I did that. And that was... um 13 or 14 years ago, something like that, 13 years ago, I had to leave. And shortly after that, I moved down here to the desert. And after I'd been divorced for a couple of years and I was raising my children alone and I had a nanny to help me, who's here, sweet Christian. Um, but after two years of being divorced, John and I got married. And I had no idea that I was under witchcraft. I had no idea how much witchcraft was having an effect on my household, on me and my children. Because we didn't, like I just said, we didn't have any training on it. We just didn't have any real training on it. And uh, so they, would, they came in with these cards and, and John did point that out, got on top of it pretty quickly. The ex was sending it. Yeah, to them he, through the mail and he was actively shopping for them. Yeah. yeah. And so what, what we noticed was, well, first of all, when John and I got married, my health was so horrible. I had been so attacked for so long. And I'll give you some examples. Dizziness. I think that was one of the things named. Migraine headaches all the time. Doctor wanted to put me on Imitrex. Um, I didn't want, I think I took that once. I hated that. Diarrhea, diarrhea constantly every day for months. I lost so much weight. Um, Tasha used to pack me these huge lunches. I'd be like, Tasha, please just put so much food in there because I never know what I'm going to be able to eat, what I'm going to feel like eating. Just jam it in there so I can try to get some kind of nutrition in me. Horrible diarrhea for months and months and months. I was so thin and in such poor health. When John and I got married, he said, I looked like, <laughs> it's funny now. I looked like if I fell out of bed, I'd break a hip. <laughs> he said, I looked like, oh, I'm broken. Put me together. <laughs> and you know, the thing is he did. He, he told me, just give it some time, honey. After we've been married for a while, you're going to see how good it is. And he's right. You know, we're on the other side of it now. But it wasn't easy. It was not easy. Um, again, the attacks, confusion. That's not of the Lord. Um, it will kill your love. Witchcraft will kill your love. It will get you going at one another. It used to get us going at one another. I'm looking at my, my sweet, beloved nanny, who's like a daughter to me, you know? It would get my husband and I going at one another. Thank God, though, 
that my husband is a strong man of God and he didn't put up with any crap that was not, um, wasn't the strict biblical way that a household should run. And if I rose up, he took care of that and I'm grateful. And I've told him that many times, but I, I needed strong correction. I have a strong personality. There was a lot of witchcraft. I was very inexperienced. And because he loved me so much and he loved my children as his own, he loved those kids. Because he loved us so much, he would, he would correct us. He would dig out the truth and give it to us. Peradventure, we could get free and clear and go forward with the Lord. This went on for eight years. Eight years. So when Pokemon is uh, programming children's minds, and it doesn't have to just be Pokemon. This is an example. There's also anime shows on Netflix and um, you know whatever streaming services. Anime, be very careful. They're cartoons. <laughs> it's witchcraft. Anything that's Studio Ghibli, it's witchcraft, okay? Um, uh, let's see, there's a new Pokemon. It's called uh, Scarlet and Violet. So that the whole Pokemon thing is, if it starts to wane a little bit, they come out with a new version. Now there's a whole new generation to be enticed by it. Stranger Things is a new show that's on Netflix and that's got D&D in it. So Dungeons and Dragons has researched. They've got the games right in there in Target. I've seen them myself. My kids wanted the game and I was like, no, we're trying to keep witchcraft out of the house. But like I say, we... Because I was married before, uh, the natural father did have access to the children. And so even though we live two states away, they did have to visit a lot. In the beginning, they didn't visit very much. And the more time that we had with them, the better they did. But as time went on, um, they had more and more time there. And things just, they continued to go. They just continued to go in a bad way because of witchcraft. So I'm gonna go back to what witchcraft looks like because you have experienced these things. I will guarantee you that you have rubbed up against somebody who maybe uses witchcraft and they don't even know it. People use witchcraft and they don't even know it. People that you work with, people that you go to school with, friends, people on teams, they use it. So it, it will absolutely kill your love. It will take your voice. If you feel like, I'm just going to shut up. I'm not going to talk. That is, that's witchcraft. It wants to shut you down. It wants to take your voice away because the power is in your voice. I got to the point where I was so exhausted and I was so worn down. I couldn't even pray. I couldn't. So if anybody within the sound of this message is in that state, I know what that feels like and you can do it. And what I would say is get your phone, because this is what I did. I wrote prayers down, scriptures that the Lord gave me to combat the attacks against me. You know, for example, Romans 8, 1. Let's see, in Timothy, you know, God gave us not a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I would speak these things out. And if I was so exhausted that I couldn't do it, and I'm telling you, if you haven't felt it, I hope you never do. I really hope that, that everyone that hears this will never have to go through the things that we've been through. That's why we're doing this message. 
And that's why it's so comprehensive. We don't want anybody to go through what we've gone through. But if, if you are going through it and you're so worn down, read those verses out onto the voice memo on your phone. Play it. Play it over and over again. Just keep playing it over and over again. Your prayers, your blessings over your home. It's still your voice. And there were times I felt so, so weak, so tired, so beat down. I didn't think I could take the next breath. It was, it, it was trying to kill me. It was trying to kill me. She saw it. You saw it. You, many of you were down here. You saw it. It'll make you withdraw. Um, it can make you feel complacent. I think some of the folks in there were like, well, it's just a game. I mean, is it really that big of a deal? It will dull your mind. Witchcraft will dull your mind and try to make you think, you know, it's really not, well, hath God said? Did God really say don't eat the tree of that, the, the fruit of that tree over there? That's witchcraft, you know? Yeah, God did say it. It'll make you tired. It'll make you feel reproach. I was so attacked that when I would come to a meeting, I was so torn up and so tormented that I would come in and sit at a meeting and I would, oh, I would just feel so awful. I was just so torn up and it would make it hard to hear the message. And then I would feel like, oh my gosh, I'm sitting here in the meeting with all of you that I love and adore. And I hope that you can't feel what I'm feeling. And I hope that I, I'm not somehow passing this on to you. I didn't want to do that. You know, just going to be real here. Um, there was a lot of strife and contention, chaos. And I had lived with chaos all my life. I didn't know what peace was. I did not know what it was. So chaos was all I knew. I didn't know that the dynamic between me and the children was so wrong and so ungodly until John came on the scene, a real man of God. I cannot, I can't say it enough how grateful I am. And to the leadership, because husbands, you're the head of the house, be the head of the house. Wives, help your husbands be the head of the house. Help them to be the head of the house. Just do it. Children, honor your parents. Love them, honor them. Uh, God-fearing parents are such a gift from God, you know? Yeah. Okay, there was stubbornness. There was rebellion. It flips God's proper order in the home. That's what witchcraft does. Nowadays, you got all this women's lib. People don't know if they're a man or a woman or somewhere in between. Um, <laughs> that's all witchcraft. And the blame shifting, like John was saying, you know, I would go to address something and it would be flipped right back at me. Well, you blah, 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 blah. That's witchcraft. That is total witchcraft. If it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, <laughs> that it is. These are some things to help you know if you're experiencing witchcraft in your home. The Pokemon thing came out because that spirit is having a direct effect again. There was uh, a family that was involved in that. 
either missed out on the message that we did before on that and had there was a child that had gotten involved in that. And then, then there was another child that got affected by that. There was no transfer of cards or information, but because, because this one child was involved with Pokemon and had witchcraft spirit on their back, it then started affecting other children in the ministry. That's why we're addressing this so that everybody can really be wise to it again and once and for all. Doesn't matter what, uh, how it gets rebranded because I'll guarantee you it will get rebranded until, until it's totally put out again. And I'm praying that it is all witchcraft totally put out of the land again. Um, yeah, watch out for anime, stranger things. So when John and I first got together, I was constantly yelling at the children, constantly yelling at them because they were so witchcrafted, they could not hear me. They couldn't hear me. And so I had to yell at them. I had to snap them out of that, that demonic trance they were in so that they could hear me. They just couldn't hear us any other way. And then you're set up as the bad guy, okay? Because they will snap out of it. And then they're, they're like, well, why are you yelling at me? They don't even know they're under witchcraft. It's a terrible pattern to be in. Yeah, we had no order in our home, none, until John came on the scene. The kids were running the house. I was sick all the time. I had migraines. I was completely exhausted. I couldn't stay on top of anything. And because I hadn't overcome the spirit of witchcraft yet, it would present itself in any, any way it could. So then I had a guy that was my boss at work. And so if it wasn't coming at me through the ex-husband, the court system that he used against me, um, getting on the backs of the children and that spirit coming directly at me through them, then it was, it was coming at me through my boss or because I worked in a skilled nursing facility, there were elderly infirm patients that the spirits would get on and <laughs> they would say things to me that they should have no knowledge of. But because of spirits, because of witchcraft and demons that would jump on these people, they would speak personal details, painful personal details to me. It, it was really horrific. It was horrific. I'm telling you all these things because you may have experienced something like this. You may have experienced something like it in the past. You may be experiencing it now. I was in total torment. I was in total fear. We were stuck in this endless cycle of um, being embroiled in fruitless battles, endless fruitless battles. The kids would go up north, something, something would happen. Uh, some, some big kerfuffle would occur. And then the kids would come down here, they would tell me about it, and the next thing you know, I'm on the phone with my lawyer, I'm involved in some huge battle, some legal battle, which drains me out spiritually, physically, financially, financially, emotionally, uh-huh. And in the beginning, a lot of the a lot of the legal stuff, I'll just touch on that for a minute. I was very prayerful in it. 
I was very prayerful in it, and I had a lot of success when I look back on it. The Lord did, He did a lot. They told me I'd never come down here with my children. I said, yes, I am. I decreed it. I declared it. And uh, I, I did get down here with my children. And um, there was a lot of, uh, there were a lot of curses put out over me from the court system. A lot of negative things that they said. Never came to manifest. But I always had this stuff hanging over my head. All these threats, all these, uh, just all these threats. When we, when we had been down here for a while, I moved my case down here and I'd been so tired of the legal battle. I, I really, that contention got a hold of me. And then I got involved in a lot of unwise battles. That's why I said, you got to be careful. No, you have to know your enemy. You have to know if, is God telling you to go up? And it can look like the same situation. Look, the children of Israel went up against Jericho. They were told. And they, they went up against it. It was a really strange way that the Lord told them to go up against it. But they won and they had victory. Then they decided presumptuously to go ahead and go up against Ai, I believe it was. And they got their butts handed to them. So I'm saying each and every battle that you think you need to take on, you need to make sure you've got the mind of the Lord on it. Is the Lord telling you to go up? Or is this witchcraft that's in, in uh, trying to get you embroiled in something that's going to drain you out spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally, that's going to take you away from uh, loving your spouse, loving and serving the Lord, taking care of your home. You know, you have to think about these things. You have to count the costs before you get involved in anything. Because in this day and age, there's a lot of uh, bait being thrown out for Christians to try to get them, get them off of their course. And the traps have been set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Watch out. Good and bad traps. It, you know, the enticements are there. Whether it's, it's something that looks pleasant or it's something that, you know, like I was having here, embroiled in these legal battles. But we are stuck on this endless cycle. And we used to say, my God, this would destroy most people. You know, this, what we're going through right now, it would destroy most people. And it went on and on and on. And we prayed and we did all we could. We fought very, very hard for the children. We fought very hard. And then COVID happened. And when COVID happened, I came off my job and I'd been home about five or six months and I could really see what was going on in the house then. And then the kids were gone for summer. John and I had time together to really start healing and repairing our marriage, which we desperately needed. And, you know, just be real. Look, folks, it can happen. It can happen to anyone at any stage of their marriage. But the reason that, God, that John and I made it through was because we love the Lord so much. First and foremost, we love the Lord. And we know that about each other. I never doubt that he loves God and he knows that I love God. And therefore, it's all going to work out. Yeah, it's our love for each other, our love for God. And we learned how to not 
contend. John will not fight. He won't contend. Thank God for that. He will shut it down immediately and he has the power and the authority. And thank God I hear him and I respect him. He just, he puts a stop to it. I'm telling you this so that husbands, if you need to learn how to do this and wives, if you need to learn how to submit to it, please do it and listen to one another. I also know that my husband will hear me, but I, I make sure that I've waited on the Lord for it. I don't speak my own thoughts. I only want to speak God's words in his mind if I have something for my husband. And I trust him. He does the same for me. Because look, here we are on the other side of it. You know, we are on the other side of it. Yeah, witchcraft, it will kill your walk. Either through the health, like John Ramirez could, he could kill people right through the air. He said, weak Christians, he could kill them right through the air. He'd, he'd have them so sick, they'd end up in the emergency room. They're, they wouldn't know what to do for these people and they would end up giving them the wrong treatments and they would die. You know, this is real. Witchcraft is real. Or witchcraft can be just distracting people away and um, the cares of the world can just choke out the word entirely. And it can happen. Every day we, we really have to wake up and decide, okay, Lord, good morning. I love you. I submit to you, whatever your plan is for the day. I agree, Lord. And if you do that, you're going to have the energy to do everything you need to do because the Lord is going to cut things out that aren't important to him. And if it's not important to him, it's not important to me, right? <laughs> yeah. So some of the things that we went through, like <laughs> it was crazy town. I remember John and I had been together just a short time and we were sitting out on the couch one night. The children had gone to bed and my son came out of the room and he just, he looked, his face was all blank and like, what is going on here? What is going on? John said, go back to bed. He was, it was like he was totally in a trance. He was. Yeah, totally in a trance. So, you know, we used to see these things, uh, the, the rebellion, the stubbornness, talking back, not doing the things that they need to do around the house. Um, sometimes they would do better for a season, but it just, it was never really getting cleared out because there was still that influence there. As much as we did, they had to make the choice in their own hearts who, were, who they were going to serve. And there was a lot of enticement to the flesh and to go after the flesh. And as much as we fought for them, uh, we fought hard for eight years and I mourned for them for eight years. I, I cannot tell you how many tears I shed and what a heartbreak it was. The torment and the chaos and the turmoil constantly in our home. We couldn't eat a meal together. We couldn't do anything together. We couldn't enjoy them. We couldn't just go have a family time. I, I can't remember a time. You know, when you look back, you're supposed to, you kind of forget all the bad things and you remember the good ones. There, there were so few, and I hate to say that. It was work, 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 work. 
to keep them clean and clear. And it just kept going and going and going. We couldn't do it for them. No. All we could do was keep was make our stand and continually correct them. The the problem was one of the problems was is that that behavior was so deeply entrenched in those children before we were even married that when I came along, it was I, I can see in kind of hindsight now I had already lost before I'd even begun because it's so deeply entrenched in there and so difficult to deal with that it, it eventually went its own way, regardless of how much we admonished them, loved them, were nice to them, mm -hmm. or, or had, had to get totally serious with them, you know, give them consequences, give them even corporal punishment, whatever, whatever it was, it, it just wasn't working. Mm -hmm. We're going, Lord, we're doing everything your way but you know, it, it the stubbornness and the chaos and the and the rebellion was just so bad yeah. that there wasn't really much we could do, and you yeah. could you couldn't get them to obey an order no. immediately. Like she said, you had to break through that by yelling, and then by the time you yelled, it's like, oh well, we're now we're just being yelled at over something. Seems like no big deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it wasn't that at all. It no. was. It was it was a big deal. Yeah. The, the whole thing was a big deal and it was very difficult to deal with. It was heart wrenching because yeah. you know, you do love them and you you are pulling for them. But I'll tell you one thing. After all that, we did make a stand for the Lord and for his rules. And one thing I can say about that, we fought very hard, like she said, for eight years, and their blood will not be required at our hands because we have delivered our soul yeah. and we did it right and we did the best we could according to the knowledge we had at the time and and the instructions that we got right from the word and from our elders and from those who instructed us yeah. and we followed that to the letter yeah and so <clears throat> unfortunately um to this day we haven't had success or can they can they get right with god later on absolutely yeah and that place will still be held for them we still have that same stand we still have our love for them as well mm -hmm. but you know beware don't don't let this happen to you yeah don't be the parents that have already lost your children and you don't even know yeah Yep. My so, mother put out a message one time and said, some of you out there, and this was years ago, some of you moms and dads out there have already lost your kids and you don't even know it. Yeah. Well, I'll repeat that today. Yeah. Beware of that. Hopefully it doesn't come true for you. Yeah. In, in the manner that, in how it happened with us. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> things to look for. So that year that I was home, things to look for. Totally withdrawn. They'd come home from being up north and they'd just be in their rooms. Totally withdrawn. You couldn't have a Bible study with them. We'd, we'd given up on that a long time before because they just, they would just sit and they would squirm and um, they had no honor or reverence, no fear of God. Um, they didn't want to hear it. And I would get scriptures for them. The Lord would give me scriptures for them. I'd be up in the night and I'd have all these scriptures and I would sit them down and I would, I would deliver my soul again. And then it got to the point where I was like, you know what? They're not even going to hear me. 
but I would do, I would go ahead and do it. I kept delivering my soul. That probably six months, the last six months, one time I came home, I'd been out. I was working a little part-time at that, at that point. And uh, there was incense burning. And John was livid about it. One of the children was burning incense in the house. And he was livid. And I'm sorry to say, it kind of went by me because I, I just really didn't catch it. But it's like, you know, incense burning. It goes with witchcraft. It goes with satanic rituals. I found... Um, little stones and crystals in my daughter's room. And I'm like, oh, Lord, really? One time I just, I felt like I needed to, um, I had found this video on YouTube and I thought, I need to play this for my kids because um, this whole trans thing is just too huge. It's just, it's just shoved in their faces all the time, you know? And I found this really good video from these, people that have overcome that spirit and they're Holy Spirit-filled, born-again Christians that used to be trans or gay. And they told their story about how they got delivered and that whole lifestyle was a lie and they were so grateful and you know now they're happy and they're married and they're living this beautiful life. And I thought, wow, I'm gonna show this video to the kids. You know, This'll really strengthen them, it'll be good for them. And I played the video and I could see that squirming. And I was like, oh no, are you kidding? Am I gonna, am I gonna have to face this too, Lord? Like, man, we've had to face so much. Please not this too, Lord. Sure enough, after the video was done, daughter popped up. I don't agree with that. Blasted out of the room. And I was like, oh man, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? She up and run off on us one year. Mm -hmm. She ran away from home. She just ran straight out the front door. Well, not before she pulled a knife on our nanny. Uh-huh. <laughs> pulled a knife. Yeah. Said, I'm not going to be treated like a slave in here. Well, she wasn't being treated like a slave. She had accumulated some, some consequences, and she could have worked herself out of there by doing extra cleaning on the floors. But that was it. Um, they racked up so many consequences against themselves, they ended up spending most of their time in their rooms. I mean, you couldn't have them out with you anyway. There was just, there was no point in interacting with them. There was nothing you could do with them, for them, or to them to get them to obey the Spirit of God in this place. No, they got to the point where all they would do was ride it out until they would go back up north and then free for all. They just learned they how, to, to how to, number one, be phony, and number two, learn how to do time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some some families that have been around a while have learned that quite well how to be really really phony, and then they've learned how to just try to try to do some time and then and then uh, then de declare themselves free and clear and ready to come back. Mm -hmm. Bullshit. Mm -hmm. I'll cover that real quick. I'll yeah. let you continue now. Okay. So, like I was saying, those mm -hmm. last few months I was home. I was off work. About the last six months or a year before they left. And um, I could just really see it. And as much as I, you know, I wanted to have what I wanted. <laughs> I wanted to have a loving family that served the Lord. But you, it doesn't matter how much you want that for somebody. You cannot make anybody serve the Lord. 
I couldn't make the first one that I was married to love and serve the Lord. Um, up to this point, you know, the children have been baptized and they've been, they've had a lot of good teaching. They now have their time to figure out what they want to do. They've seen the good of the Lord. Now they're going to see what's really out there. It's not a time to be out there. It is not the time to be out there. Um, but finally, it just came to a point where that was it. We had to put them out of the house. And that's the hardest thing I've ever had to do. And, you know, I didn't discuss it with anybody. I didn't actually discuss it with John. I just took care of it because I knew, well, for a long time, the Lord had told me two things. Don't let them witchcraft you and don't make them an idol. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, maybe about two months before I sent them back up, I got told that again, don't make them an idol and I'm not going to tell you again. And that was it. The Lord drew the line. Well, okay, I'm not gonna go past that. I'm gonna line up with the Lord because I'm not gonna be taken out by somebody else. Nobody brought me in, nobody's bringing me out. I got to work out my own salvation with fear and trembling. We all do. So please, folks, don't let anybody, don't sacrifice your salvation for anyone. People that you start out serving the Lord with may or may not make it with you to the end. That is just the way it is. Some people are only going to go so far. So just know that and accept it and don't worry about it. You know, all you can do is you can secure your own soul. And you can try to secure the souls of your family. That's it. That's all you can do. So once, uh, once I sent the kids up, things really changed very rapidly for us. We were able to start talking. We had never in the whole time of our marriage up to that point really been able to talk very much because there was too much witchcraft. There was too much chaos and contention. We would misunderstand each other. We would get offended. We just couldn't communicate at all. Now, we have no problem talking to each other. We can communicate. Sometimes we even have to say things, you know, it might be a little hard to hear at times, but we can both receive it. We know it's all done in love. So that's how you win, folks. It's love. It's unity. Here's another analogy that the Lord gave me. What you eat becomes part of you. You know, Jesus said, eat my flesh and drink my blood. Holding up the Bible, eat his flesh and drink his blood. You know, what you eat, when you go to In-N-Out and you get a hamburger, can you dissect that out of your body once you chew it up? You take a bite, you chew it, you swallow it, you digest it. Can you ever take that out of your body again? Well, I mean, obviously some of the... <laughs> well, the <laughs> waste goes out. out. The waste goes out, but it becomes part of you. Mm -hmm. Eating his uh, body and drinking his blood becomes part of you. Conversely, if you're eating and drinking something else, that can also become part of you. So that's just a caution. Be really careful what you're digesting. The Lord also told us that now he put us in the garden and we are, you know, we got our own little sanctuary here. We're in the garden with the Lord. And, you know, he does. He comes and he visits with us and we talk about the word. And the Lord opened my eyes one day and I saw all the angels crowded in the room. And it's it's kind of funny because 
they want to hear what we have to say. And they're so big that they squat down in the room and they're, I mean, <laughs> to see these giant angels and they're squatting down in the room and they're focused on us and they want to hear about our conversation with the, with the Lord. That's what we get to have every day. That is way more exciting than some concert or some rodeo or some sporting event. It's way more exciting to be caught up in the spirit with the Lord. It's way more exciting. And if you haven't had those experiences, you can. You know, there was a time when I was really brokenhearted right after the children had left. And um, I was just laying on my bed. And I remember, I remember being told by an elder about the Lord coming and laying his wing on her. And I was like, Lord, I just... I just need you to spend some time with me. I need you to comfort me. And you know, he did. And I got to feel that. I got to feel his wing come down on me. So I really encourage you to go for it and get those kind of experiences. You know, just get them for yourself. It's better felt than tilt, right? We've heard that. And it really is better felt than tilt. Now, John and I were always in the garden. We're, we're sanctified, right? We, we set ourselves apart. We separated ourselves. We came out from among them. We touch not the unclean thing. He receives us. And now we, we, we're holy before him. We have perfect peace. We have this fellowship with the Lord daily. Conversely, every time you go outside your door is a battlefield. Okay. So, there is a war going on for every soul on the face of this planet right now. If you didn't know it, now you do. Brother Bob taught us that if you could see the spirits in the air, it would totally blacken out the sky. It is a war, okay? So you must be prepared before you ever step out that door. Um, I have a, a daily battle prayer that I, I take all power and authority over Satan, his devils, demons, and minions. I drain all their power out to zero. It can't be restored. I send confusion and rebellion into Satan's camp and I bind it there. I scramble the plans and the assignments that Satan has for me. My life is hid with Christ and God. That's scripture. There's no weapon formed against me that can prosper. I ask for and receive glorious grace for the glorious abundance of glorious life. I'm just telling you, this is my battle prayer. You have your own battle prayer, okay? You can repeat those same ones and they're it. still good. Still good. And you can also formulate your own according to your own needs. Yeah. You're not limited. Nope. And don't ever feel it, that you are limited or should be limited or would be limited mm -mm. by anything. You, God is not uh, limited mm -mm. in what he can do for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how and how great He his deliverance can be for you. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you've got to send the host. If you are not sending the host before you walk out of that door, you have got to. Your, Your very, very life, life may depend on it. Yeah. yeah. Very life may depend on it. How many do you send? I send, I usually just send a million. I send a million of the host out to clear out any evil, chaos, distraction, destruction, whatever. Any evil, I figure pretty pretty much solves it all. And no no wrong spirits can present themselves to me. They can't talk to me. They can't they can't come near me. I take all power and authority over it. I'm going to tell them what they're going to do. They don't tell me what they're going to do to me. I'm telling them what I'm going to do to them because we overcome them by the by our testimony, 
and the blood of the lamb. That's what we're doing here today. Yeah. So they're already under your feet. But see, you have to know these things. You have to know who you are in the Lord. You have to know who he is. And this bullshit Pokemon is trying to create a fantasy over children so they don't even know who they are. Well, that's, we've blown that out. That's not going to be, that's not going to trouble the Lord's people anymore. So yeah, be proactive. Don't be reactive every day, every day. Before you get out that door, you get those prayers out. You send the host out. I also have a thousand to protect me. Um, tear down strongholds. I send sometimes just 10,000, whatever. I'll start the day. I'll send out 10,000 of the host to tear down platforms and strongholds that Satan has erected against my life and the calling that God has on me and, and my husband. Because guess what? It's a battle. So if you're not pushing them back, they're pushing back on you. They're building up battlements. So you have to tear them down every day with the host. So I do that. And I do it for all of you too. Okay, fasting. John had touched on that. Fasting. You may need to fast. Some of these things only go out by fasting and prayer. Now, does that mean you have to fast from food? Not necessarily. You may need to get rid of the Pokemon. You may need to get rid of whatever it is. I don't know. Whatever it is that's witchcrafting your walk with God, that's stopping up the flow, that's hindering your walk, that's keeping you from getting everything and all the blessings that you deserve, that God wants to give you. Whatever it is, just Fast and get that off of you, whatever it is. It could be um, maybe you're overcommitted at work. Maybe, you, you know, the work life has gotten, it's too hectic. It's too distracting. You need to cut back on work. Maybe um, finances are a problem. Well, you feel like you got to work so much because the finances are out of control. Maybe get some real good training on how to run the finances for your home. And everything's expensive. Look, we were paying $7 a gallon for gas down here. I think John said our electricity and gas this past month was like $1,000. It's, it, you know, the prices are like, what? It's crazy out there. They're being artificially hiked right now. Yeah. The heat, the, well, the, the gas bill for this house last month was $491. And it's usually no more than 150 or 180 yeah. I mean, they, they've artificially spiked that. Yeah. So, yeah, that was one thing. But right. But we they, live by faith and the Lord it. just allows us to pay that and not even be scathed by it. We don't even give it a second look. No. I mean, we're kind of wowed by it. But, yeah. you know, well, that's, that's the work of the world out there and yeah. you just overcome it. Right. But if you look at it, you might go, oh, my gosh. If you're not living by faith, you might think, wow, the bills are really going up going to have to pick up some more work, going to have to pull some overtime, going to have to get a second job, whatever. Really? Because it, it actually costs you money to go out and make money. So you're still, you're going to spend more. You're going to spend an amount of money to work outside of the home. So just count the costs. That's all I'm saying. Um, the soul clearing prayer from Kat Kurt. This is again, how do you win? You could do the soul clearing prayer. And right now, I'm going to release the anointing to everyone within the sound of my voice. Everyone who hears this message, I release the anointing to be delivered from witchcraft immediately. We release the anointing. Yes. And when I had to 
along those lines, when I had to send some of the boxes of their things up north, you know what I did? You can do this for your family members. You can do this for people that are, that are out there sorting it out. I had to send their things. I laid my hands on them. I released the anointing in there for them to be cleared and delivered from witchcraft. And then I send the box up. I do have communication from time to time with them outside of the house. I don't, I don't do that in the house. I don't do email. I'm not letting witchcraft in my home. I don't do phone calls or texts in my house with them. Uh, none of that stuff. Even when I was doing the legal battle, that was done outside of the house. So I encourage you to do that. Don't let those things in your home. If you have to deal with a legal battle or if you're handling some kind of a witchcraft spirit, go to a coffee shop or something. Don't do it in your home. But if I had to do those things, I would always do that outside of the house. Um, yeah. Don't get embroiled in the legal system. Don't get embroiled with the affairs of this life. Right. Yeah. There's a scripture. Yeah. No man that warreth a warfare entangleth himself in the affairs of this life. Yeah. You can look that one up, that he may be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's how you do it. And you don't go up presumptuously and not every battle's the same. You ask the Lord every time, do we go up or do we not go up? Yeah. Don't get caught up in something that's going to trap you. Yeah. Because it sure did me. Whoa. Over and over and over again, I took the bait. You know, it's your children. What are you going to do? Over and over and over again, I took the bait because I wanted to stand in the gap and protect them. And it's it, it really takes a toll financially, emotionally, physically. It takes a toll on your marriage. It, it made me a wreck at work. I mean, it just takes a toll all the way around. Um, yeah, so if you have to pray for somebody that's out there, if you if you have communication with them, Release the anointing into that communication. If you have to send them a text or an email, you know, you can release the anointing that they'll be delivered from the things that have hindered them. You can do that. You can cleanse your house. You can close and shut down and eliminate all demonic portals that have been open yep. and render them useless forever. Yes. I mean, do, do anything you can to, to, to cleanse that house. Yes. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, with everybody within the sound of my voice, you have the authority to, to cleanse that home yes. of any wrong spirits, any demons are cast out and all demonic portals are shut. And yes. You open up the very portals and windows of glory to receive the goodness and the richness of God yes. instead. And you replace all that bad stuff with all the good stuff. Yes. Things like that. Yeah. Yep. Sure. Families work together. You're a military squad. You're a military squad, so mm -hmm. go to it. You've got your marching orders, you know? Take the territory, kick the devil's ass. Take the territory back. Um, we used to have a tarot card reader down on 111, and John and I drove by there and we're like, uh, no, you don't, <laughs> and, and that's not there anymore. So if you have a witch in your neighborhood, you got a tarot card reading place, get rid of it. Because if you got a witch in your neighborhood, it can stop up the flow of, um, it can just stop up the flow of revival in your area. You don't, we don't need witches in our, in our cities. We take authority. Doesn't mean you go out to their shop and harass them. You do it in your home. You can do it from your home. Not many things require face-to-face -face confrontation unless the Lord tells you to do that. 
you've got all the power and authority in your voice and you can do it all from the comfort and safety of your home. So um, Proverbs 11, 9, this is what we're doing today. Through knowledge shall the just be delivered. And that's what we're doing here. And I've just got a question for you. What is more important than your family? The Lord should be number one. <laughs> yeah. For each member of your family. Yeah. The father should love the Lord more than any anyone or anything. Same thing with the wife. That's what got us through. Yeah. She loves the Lord more than she even loves me. Mm -hmm. And I am the same way. I love the Lord more than I love anyone else or anything else on this earth. Your commitment has to be 187% committed to the Lord. It says, commit thy way unto the Lord mm -hmm. and he'll establish your paths mm -hmm. and he'll put you in, in the right place and your feet will not slip. You can look up all those scriptures. It's all there in Proverbs and in Psalms. They're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Commit your way to the Lord. Really commit to that. Don't be overcommitted to anything that's in the world. You're, you'll be, you'll get blindsided. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, we don't want anybody blindsided that way. Yeah. Yep. And you're, you know, what's more important than your church, right? Every, every home, every family is a church. There's nothing more important than that. Anything that distracts from freely serving God is most likely rooted in some kind of witchcraft, whether it's a job, it's sports. If it's using you up so that you don't have the energy to to serve the Lord, to be available when the Lord calls on you. Then it's become an idol. Yeah. Yeah, iniquity and idolatry, yeah. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Mm -hmm. That was one of the most amazing sentences ever spoken by one of God's true prophets, the prophet Samuel in 1 Samuel 15. Yeah. An amazing revelation of all those kinds of spirits all in just one little nutshell. And he really revealed that. So again, if anything that is out there that prevents you from attending upon the Lord without distraction, and you can look that one up, it's like an idol. Uh-huh. Even if it's something you're fighting for you and you think is a righteous cause, but if it's if it's consuming all your time and it's really and it's and it's really uh taking your time away from the Lord, it's a it's an idolatrous distraction. Yeah. Yeah. If you, you might think you might have the most righteous legal cause on the planet. God doesn't care about any of that temporal stuff. He wants you to worship him and, and serve him only. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and only him shalt thou serve. Yeah. You can look that one up. I mean, it's all over the place. Mm -hmm. So, you know, take a stock in what you're really putting your time and effort into. And if you need to take a little time off to 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 uh, recoup, to to hit the reset button, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Employers will will uh, allow you that opportunity. Yeah. And take the next one you can. Yeah. It won't won't hurt you. Yeah, that's what we did. Yeah. That's what we did. When I took that time to come home and I really saw what was going on, that's when I found out again the antisocial always in the rooms totally disobedient, stubborn, rebellious. When I cleaned the rooms out after I'd sent them up, I found pentagrams and all kinds of witchcrafty notes, all kinds of witchcrafty things written down in little notebooks and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I, I, I read some of those notes too, and it had slanderous, absolutely hateful things against our nanny mm -hmm. and against me, accusing me of all kinds of things mm -hmm. <clears throat> and boasting on how sneaky it is mm -hmm. and all this other stuff. It was just awful. Yeah. Just awful. That's what witchcraft, that's what witchcraft produces. Mm -hmm. um, so wives, the Lord likes us to be able to guide the home. So if you can be home and you can guide the home, I really encourage that. I know sometimes it, it feels like you can't when gas is this much and food is this much and all these things, but I'll tell you something. I can prove it to you. Again, it's gonna be better felt than tell, but I can prove it to you. Because when I came off the job, I was now responsible for child support. I, I'm not even working, my kids are off. Now I'm responsible for child support. Our monthly requirements didn't go down. And then at the same time, I needed to have two years worth of oral surgery that the payments on are basically like paying another mortgage. And when we faced that, I, I was like, John, what do we do? And he said, well, you're worth it and you've got to have it done. And I did because my very health was, it was hinging on it. It, it could have caused heart problems and it was really, it was ne very necessary. But what I'm saying is when we had to live completely by faith and I had to give up my job, which also paid for our health insurance, we took on a second mortgage <laughs> and gas prices went up and fuel and, and electricity and food prices and everything went up. But you know what we did? We just, every day, we just thanked the Lord and we said, thank you, Lord, for today. Every day, thank you, Lord. We sit down and we eat and we go, thank you, Lord, for this meal. Thank you for another day, Lord. Thank you. And we didn't worry about what was tomorrow or two weeks or what bill was due, you know, next week. We just said, you know, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof, right? And we always have enough. We always have enough. So we're living by faith and basically paying two mortgages. So I'm just going to put that out there. And the mortgages are really expensive in California, by the way. <laughs> And so is rent, right? <laughs> They're finding out. <laughs> so I would really, I would really say assess that. And when I used to hear stories about people talking about living by faith and and you know the Lord giving someone a house or a car or my sweet friend I'm looking at, all the things that the Lord did for their family, um, the special deals, you know. And uh, she told me, well, those are for you too. And you know what? I'm so glad you told me that because I said, they are. <laughs> and so I received that. So I'm going to release that to all of the families too. You can have all those special blessings from God too. It's in his word. When you're obedient to God, his blessings not only come upon you, they overtake you. So we were obedient. We got the wrong spirit out of the house and our blessings multiplied abundantly to the point where now I can be at home, I can help my husband, I can minister to his needs, I can rest and recover and heal from eight years of, well, even more than that, because the whole time that I was married to that sorcerer, you know, it was an attack. So I can heal from all of that. So again, know your enemy, avoid fruitless battles, inquire the Lord, do not fall into a trap. And, um, 
the Lord just wants you to be perfect. And the knowledge of the word, that's what perfects a man. John said mm -hmm. that. And be holy and be sanctified. Get wisdom and get understanding. That's, that's all I have, I think. If anybody has any questions, please. We, we do want to open this up. If you have any questions at all, please ask. Feel free to ask. You can do it now. You can do it right now. And we will now. answer you right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Cast out the scorner, yay. And strife and contention shall cease. Lord gave me that scripture. Yeah. Yeah, had to do that. Contention comes from pride. There's a whole pride movement out there. Mm -hmm. If there's a contentious household, it's because they're too proud and too stubborn to be corrected. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. You don't enter into it with them. You just simply say, nope, we're not having that contentious uh, thing going. Where mm -hmm. no wood is. The fire goeth out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Therefore, leave off contention before it be meddled with. Mm -hmm. That stubbornness and that contention is the worst thing in in my book. One of them. Mm -hmm. It's and it's part of witchcraft. Yeah. When uh, Samuel was confronting King Saul about his stubbornness and his rebellion, he immediately became contentious with Samuel and tried to argue and backpedal his way through it. Then, when he was further called out. Then he tried to backpedal even further. Well, I've seen. Oh, well, now, now, now I'll start admitting some things, and I'll start, you know, I'll start backing off. Mm -hmm. And it, it, but it didn't make any difference. The damage was already done, and Samuel told him, "Look, you're not getting out of this. The kingdom's already been rent from from you and given to a neighbor of thine. That's better than that. Mm -hmm. You're done, son." So. That's a good one to remember and to review. Mm -hmm. You don't want to have that old Saul spirit in your house. Because that's what it ends up getting to be. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a real bugger to deal with. But you know, God has his ways of getting that thing to bugger off. <sighs> that's probably all I'll say for now. I feel pretty clear. Yeah. That suits me just fine. Unless there's any other further words of exhortation or comfort, we'll wait on the Lord. And if there's any further words, they're more than welcome. And thus saith the Lord unto my people, yea, I would say after hearing this message and these anointed words, I would say, choose ye whom you will serve, saith the Lord. Yea, I have laid out what witchcraft is, and I have laid out what I am, saith the Lord. Will you worship me or strange fire? Because that is the reality of it, saith the Lord. So yea, choose ye this day whom ye will serve, saith God. No, I, I feel no need to overlabor it. I think we're dismissed. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>